Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Nice, nice to see you in the house of God. You know, in the book of Hebrew, chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, the Bible encourages us to always meet together. And as we meet together, to encourage one another as the, the, the day of the Lord is, is drawing near. So I don't take it for granted to see you here. It's good to see you. Let's pray for the word. Father, I pray that you will speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, last Sunday, Pastor Floyd started introducing this book to us, the book of 1 Samuel. And uh, 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, it's one book in Hebrew. They never divided it. So it's a long book, but it's about looking for a king. The Jewish people are in the time of turmoil, Everybody was doing whatever they wanted to do in the period of Judges. And as Pastor Floyd said, you know, Moses, Moses prepared, prepared uh, Joshua to be a leader after him. But Joshua never prepared anyone. And that caused trouble. We had the period of Judges and then Everybody was doing whatever he wanted to do. And they wanted a king. And here we are looking for a king when we go through this book. But I would like to give you a context of today's message. First, we have this man, Elkanah. Elkanah is this man who is a, a Jewish per person and is, is a very... A God-fearing man, each year he goes to Jerusalem to worship. He has two wives. Wife number one is Hannah, and wife number two, Penina. Penina can have children, but Hannah does not have children. Now, wife number two begins to provoke Hannah ridicule her, mock her because she cannot have children. And you need to understand we are in this culture where uh, it's like a blame and shame culture. So if you don't have babies, it's like there's a curse on you. It's like something is wrong with you. So she's ridiculed, she's mocked, she's provoked, and it's not good for her. But Hannah cried, fervently to God, say, God, give me children of my own. And God hear the prayer of Hannah. God give Hannah a son, Samuel. But before having that, that baby, Hannah made a bargain with God. Hannah said, God, if you will give me a son, I will lend that son to you. That son will serve you all the days of his life. He will be in the temple. So Hannah fulfilled that promise. She goes with Samuel to the temple and entrusts Samuel to the prophet, the prophet Eli. 
And Eli became like a foster father to, to Samuel. And as a result, she was very joyful. She, she, was, she wanted to praise God. Say, so God, you remove the shame away from me. I can conceive also. I'm like other women. And then she began to praise God. She began to worship God. And I entitled my message, Worship God Again. And today we are going to see what Hannah is saying in that prayer, in that song. Let's read the Word of God. We're not going to read all the verses. We'll pick up where Pastor Floyd stopped. But I'm just going to read 11 verses in chapter 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2, 1 through 11. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies, because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighted. The bows of the mighty are broken but the feeble bind on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness, for not by might shall a man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the own of his anointed. Then Elkanah went to, to home to Ramah, and the boy was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, the priest. If you were here last Sunday, Pastor Floyd started saying that the story is being played in three layers. The story is being played in the life of Hannah, but also in the nation of Israel, but also for everybody else. Give me that uh, graph that I put there. The next slide.
Thank you. So, Hannah wants a child. As I said, this is a culture, of a blame and shame culture. Hannah is crying out for God because Hannah wants stability. Hannah wants to be delivered from that shame, from that guilt. That's why he wants a son. she wants a son. Now, what's happening in the life of Hannah? It's also happening in the nation of Israel. Israel wants a king for the same reason. Israel is attacked by enemies. Philistines are attacking them. They are in disarray. They, they, Everybody is doing whatever they wanted. They want a king because they want also stability. They want prosperity. They want peace from the enemies. And as you will see, we want also a king. And God will provide the promise Jesus will come. Jesus Christ will come. He's the fulfillment. He's Emmanuel. God said, okay, I want you to have also stability I will send you my son. So the story is being played. You need to, to be seeing that in those three layers, and then you will, you will be able to understand this book of Samuel very well. But as the story goes, it's as if God is telling Hannah, Hannah, what you are looking for cannot be found in sons. You cannot have stability, prosperity in those sons. And God is saying to Israel, listen, what you are looking for cannot be found in kings because they will have kings, but all the kings will fail them. Saul will come. We know the end of Saul. It will end in a, in a house of a witch. We will have uh, David. David will come, a, a, a man according God's own heart, but David will fail also if you read the story of Bathsheba. And also, all the kings, one after the other, will come. What you are looking for, Israel, is not found in kings. But God is telling us, what you are looking for is found in me. It's found in God. So that's why God is sending his son. And if we believe in his son, then we'll be in peace with God. If you understand that, the message is done, I can go sit down. <laughs> so it's as simple as that. When you have that view, uh, you will understand, you will understand this book very well. Now let me give you four truths about worship. Four uh, truths about worship. You know, worship is very, very hard. It's very hard to worship God. Whenever God does something for you, he expects you to say thanks. You will see that in the Bible. When you go in the gospel, he healed those uh, 10 people who had leprosy. One came back to say thanks. He came back to, to worship. And then Jesus asked him, where are the other nine? He did not, they did not come to worship. But Jesus says something very surprising. He says, your faith has made you whole. In other words, the nine were not whole. They were healed, but they were not complete. But for this one who came to say thank, thanks, God not just, did not just heal him. He fixed other things. He made him complete. 
he was whole. So whenever God does something for you, you need to come back to say thanks. You need to come back to worship, to bless him. Principle number two, you know, when we worship, we allow, we're just expressing our deepest heart responses to God in meaningful way. And, and people do it in different ways. We can sing. Worship is not singing. As a matter of fact, for the first time, the word worship is, is, is mentioned in the Bible. It's when Abraham wants to kill his son. It's when it's a, there's a killing. Abraham takes Isaac and he tells the servant, listen, we are going to the mountain to worship and, and we will be back. But he was going to kill Isaac. He was going to sacrifice. And he calls that worship. So when we worship, we just want to respond. Our heart responses, our deepest heart responses to God. And some people dance like David. But with that guy, David, I'm hoping to ask him why he had to take off his clothes to worship. Some dance. Some sing. Some even paint. There are people who paint. If they feel the presence of God, they do something. They respond. They worship. Principle number three. Anna prays if is for all God's people. It's not just for her. As we will see in the story, God will give him a son. But this son will be responsible of appointing a king. But this king will, will also be an ancestor of another king to come, Jesus. So her story was within God's story. It was bigger than herself. I wonder what you're going through right now. It's not just for you. You must win this one. When you go through a test, it's because God wants to give you a testimony. And that testimony is not just for you. It's for you, for people around you, and it's for the entire church. But you have to win it. You have to respond positively to that so you can have a testimony. You cannot encourage someone who, who is grieving if you've never lost anyone. You cannot counsel someone if you don't have a testimony. So what Anna is going through here, it's for God's people. Principle number four. Our ministry must be an extension of our relationship with God. And that ministry that must be an extension of what God is doing in our lives. If you've never gone through something, if you've never, you don't have a testimony, you cannot. Your ministry is just that extension. What God is doing in your life, that's what you proclaim to others. You tell them your story. And your story will instill faith and bring about change in others as well. Now, let's go and, and begin to talk about this song that we just read in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1 and, and 11. 
Anna is happy and she's worshiping the Lord. And we see in her prayer that true worship centers on, on the true God. And sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we, we are more... We, are more, we focus more on the process of worship than the object of worship. We care too much about how we sound than, than the God we sing. We are worshiping. We care more about how we look <laughs> than the God we worship. It's very hard to worship because your mind must be on God and on God alone. When you read those 11 verses, in the span of 11 verses, Hannah is, uses 21 times the name of God. That tells you that her worship is centered on God. When you read, you say, God, you did this. God, you, you brought down the, the proud. You exalted the, those who were humble. And then when you read, you, you see... The name Lord or God, Lord or, or God is used 21 times. So when we worship God, we, our focus is on him. We are, we, are, we are telling him what he did and who he is for us. True worship transform, as we will see in this song of Hannah. Now, from verse Two things, is, two, two things are happening over here. Before Samuel was born and after the birth of, of Samuel. Now, before Samuel's birth, Anna is at war. She's fighting. She's at war with other people. And here we see Penina. Penina is mocking. She's mocking her. You cannot have kids. You must have a curse on you. Something is wrong with you. She's provoking her. She's at war. And when we are at war with people, that war can, we can become at war with ourselves. She was also at war with herself. She began to doubt herself. Maybe something is wrong with me. She began to doubt. Her identity is shaken. She's at war. There is a storm bubbling in within herself. She's confused. But she was also at war with God. You know, sometimes we accuse God. God, where were you? When you read verse, I shared this last Sunday, when will you read verse, nine, verse 11 of the first chapter, he's calling God for the first time the Lord of hosts. And, it's, and she, she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts. So when you, when you read it, you are very careful. You look it in the context. She's accusing God. She's saying, God, you are the Lord of the host of angels. You are the Lord of the host of, of stars. You are the Lord of the host of armies. You are the Lord of the host of the Jewish people, but you are not able to give me even one kid. She's accusing God. And that's all right. When we pour out our heart before the Lord, we must be honest and sincere. It's like a mother who is asking for healing for 
a son or a, or a daughter will, will, will tell God, God, why don't you do something for my son or my daughter? Maybe it's because you've never been a mother on earth, Jesus. You cannot understand my pain. Heal my son. So she was also at war with God. But God is a big God. God is able to take it. God gave her a son, Samuel. Now, after the birth of Samuel, we see how she begins to see things differently. When you read verse 1 and from 1 to 3, she begins to, to express her, the relief that she, she got from, from God re, giving her that breakthrough and, and, and re, the relief that comes from being free from that distress. She said, God, thank you. God, you, you exalt those who are humble, but you bring down the proud. If you read from verse 2, 3, it's, it's personal to, to her. She has now a baby. God has done something for her. She has a testimony now. Now, when you read from verse 4 to verse 8, it's no longer personal. She began to tell, to, to tell God the, the way of God. She began to say, to show how, she sees how her story is, is within God's story. How her story, she sees how God is working out his purposes in history. She's saying, God, you care about the broken. You answer prayer. You say, the barren has seven, seven kids. So she began to see the ways of God. Her prayer is no longer personal, personal prayer, but through a, a, a testimony, she began to see how God, how God works. The God, you, you care about the broken to the point you answer their cry. You answer their prayer. So she sees her story in God's story. But when you read now from verse 9 to verse 11, she's prophesying about another king. She sees, she's saying that another king will come. When, when you read verse, verse uh, 10 there, the adversary of the Lord shall be broken to pieces against them. He will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the end of the earth. He will give strength to his king. This king she's talking about is this anointed king who will come, Jesus. She's prophesying already. And exalt the horn of his anointed. It started out with a personal story. God did something for her. But through a story, she began to see how God works, the way of the Lord. But she's beginning to prophesy as well. So as I said, a personal story will impact the nation. What is your story? What is God doing in your life right now? You need to respond properly because God's story, your story can become a bigger story. Your story can bless the body of Christ, people around you. So my sermon in one sentence is this. 
God is the king who is worthy of worship because he cares about the broken enough to give himself to them. God is a caring God. God cares about us. He cares about us. cares about the broken enough to give himself to them. God so loved the world that he gave a son so that if we believe in the son, we will be in peace with him. We are broken people. We are broken with shame, guilt, condemnation. We sin. We are messed up. We are dysfunctional. <laughs> but if we accept the son, we will be in peace with God. So the story of Hannah is a, is a story of redemption. You can see the gospel in there. If you want to do more study, I put some few questions for you, for you there to consider. I saw for the first time God as a provider <laughs> in a personal testimony. You know, God will, will show you who he is. You will always be seeing God in another way. But it must be personal. You cannot just... <laughs> You cannot just have head knowledge. You, you have to experience God for yourself. And you have to see him. So I saw him for the first time as a provider. I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 2003. I knew God had called us into ministry, but I wanted to prepare also for ministry. But going, I could not afford going to, to a Bible college but I took a step of faith. I said I would take a few classes, not knowing how we would provide for that. Um, just believing God, going by faith. Okay, if God is calling us, let's begin to prepare. So I took a few classes at Oral Roberts University there. What they do, like they have a service before the semester starts. And we were worshiping the Lord, raising our hands, just focusing on, on the object of worship. And after the service, this man comes to me. He was in the army, he was settled in life, but God was calling him to, to be a chaplain in the army that was getting ready for ministry as well. He said, listen, who? what's your name? I'm Billy. Um, God is telling me that I should support your semester for the cost for your semester. I said, really? That must be God. <laughs> Bring it on. Just do whatever God is telling you to do. So he tells me, okay, let's meet in front of the library. Bring your syllabus and we'll buy your books. Okay, I'll do it. You know, people say thanks. They don't really come through and say, let's, let's see if he's going to, to stick to his word. Here I am in front of the library, and I see him there. I say, okay, pick up your books. Okay. This is becoming serious. Pick up my books. I collect my books. I put in the car there. And then they ask, okay, do you have, uh, for your PE, you have something to put on? I say, I, I don't. Go ahead, go ahead and pick one. Okay. I go and 
pick my size or within there. Okay, do you have an insurance? I said, I don't have the student insurance yet. Okay. Do you have a bank? Where, where, where's your bank? My bank is there in the, across the street. Uh, in the Walmart, there was, my bank was in there. Let's go and I will just put some money for your insurance in there. Okay. We go there and then you write a juicy check. A very, it was a, a, I was blown away for the amount that I saw on that check. I thought he made a mistake. I said, look at, look at what you wrote here. I said, yes, I wrote that amount. Put it in there and use it. For the first time, I saw God in another way. I saw God as a provider. God will provide. If God is giving you a vision, God will give you a provision. But I know that my story is not just my story. Because I saw him that way, I know everywhere I will share this story, that will instill hope also in others. I know that God is going to provide for us also as we we are doing this fundraising as a body. God will provide. You cannot take that away from me. What's, what's yours is yours. Because I've experienced that, I know he's a provider. You cannot convince me otherwise. It's too late. So when you are in God's program, God will provide for that. It's for his glory. As long as we keep him as the center of our worship, he would do it. It's for his glory, not ours. And God is continuing to reveal himself in another way, in another way, in another way. Worship him. Come and let's worship the king. Let's worship him. He's worthy of our praise. Let me conclude by just re repeating what I said, that we are broken people. Anna was broken. She was hoping to have a son, and through the son, she will, have a, she will be delivered from shame, from guilt, from those insults, from Penina. Israel they were attacked by, they were surrounded by enemies. They thought, maybe if we have a king, the king would take care of us. They had already a king who was God, but they wanted a physical king. But the kings failed them. But God said, I have also a son. I will send them Jesus. And if they believe in my son, if they trust in my son, then they will have stability. They will have peace with me. They will prosper. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We want Jesus. We want your son. We say yes. 
to your will and to your ways. Jesus, be the Lord and the Savior of our hearts. Our relationship may be broken, but we want you so that we can be in peace. In peace with God. And you promise that whoever receives you will not perish, but will have everlasting life. We thank you, we bless you, and we honor you. You are worthy to be praised. In Jesus we pray, amen. Let's worship the king one more time.